outsiders only. This is Sky Terror. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Outsiders Only, a podcast about Sky Terror, the game by PvP Geeks. And this week we have a I assume if you're playing the game in the Discord, you're very familiar with our guest this week. Uh, today we have Joe, aka Tapeworm. What's going on, man? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. And as always, I have my pal, Christian. You know him as Rem. How's it going, man? Yeah, I'm doing fine. You can't shake me off that easily, so I am I will be around here all day long. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. So uh, we're going to have a fun episode going into a lot of the stuff that uh, Joe is involved with that you may or may not know about. So I'm very excited uh, to have him on the show. We've had this plan for a while. We're kind of getting our legs under us now and we're lining up guests far into the future. Uh, sometimes not, but at this <laughs> point we have been. So it's been, it's been fantastic to have this, uh, this great community to pull on and share their experiences with all of you. Yeah, definitely. So, so Joe or Tapeform. So I know you as, as I, th- I think you're the main developer of the tabletop simulator mod. I always see you hang ar- hanging around in the rules channel on Discord, and you're actually also a player of this game. So, so what what is your main thing in Skytier? How would you describe yourself? I mean, I obviously am obsessed with Skytier, and like most of us that are involved in this community, it, ten- it turns out. Um, I, uh, you know, the Neary brothers developed the the Skytier mod and obviously gave it to the community uh, free of mm-hmm. charge, which is I think is amazing from a gameplay standpoint and a person that plays it, uh, but also I think from a business standpoint, um, yeah, I kind of took that mod, hopefully, what I think is to the next level, right? We scripted some of the more cumbersome things that people were having trouble with. I think we made the games faster by automating the the decks from the deck builder. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's really been a, a, a it's really been a col- collaborative experience, right? Not only with myself and uh, PvP Geeks, but the community's feedback as well. And I think together, we've really just trying to push the limits of what can we do to make this game that much more playable, um, on TTS during this crazy time we call 2020. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember yeah. the day when you when the, the deck loading function was put into the game, and I was like, "Oh, this is so cool! This saves so much time of of dragging heroes uh, mm-hmm. uh, from the side to to the playing field, etc." So it's just one click now, and it's I'll, super cool. I'll be honest with you; it was a completely self serving endeavor because I yeah. hated doing that so much. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> so I, I was like, mo- ah. I imagine it wasn't that hard to implement, though, because when I saw it, I was like, hey, this looks familiar from uh, the TTS mod for Keyforge when you just spawn your decks this way. It looks almost identical. I'm like, this is great. I'm so familiar with this. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> I took a lot of uh, inspiration from various other mods. Like, there are some Destiny mods course, I combed through, some um, some other LCGs um, to borrow some of that. The code is 100% mine, though. But the idea of how it works is is uh, is taken from those, for sure. Yeah, I know you're uh, you're quite involved with uh, some other other games as well, and it's great that you can kind of have this sort of, you I guess somewhat universal system that you can implement in different games and help the whole community, which is just fantastic. Yeah, for sure, for sure. How does a tabletop simulator modding work, like on a on a little technical level? How how do you do this? So event- basically, all TTS is is a bunch of pictures in a three D space. 
that you can move around and manipulate physically. Um, but what they added is two different layers that we can mess with. One is Lua scripting. And so I can detect all the events that are happening in that 3D space and react to them. Um, and then also the other layer is the UI layer, which you see do, that we've been doing a lot of work on the streaming front to try yeah. to make that as unified of an experience as possible. Um, regardless of who's streaming, we want SkyTear games to look like SkyTear games, right? Mm. Uh, it's kind of a branding thing um, that um, PvP Geeks was really, uh, really pushed for. Yeah, it makes sense. And with the uh, side benefit that you get a lot of a lot more information about the game state uh, from from the overlays like having the hero's health shown having the victory conditions victory cards shown so aside from branding it's just helping us when we observe or when we watch a stream yeah from a viewer experience i think it's it's invaluable to have a lot of that static information um, on, on the frame because oftentimes the streamers aren't looking at the thing that you want to look at to get that piece of information and having it presented there all the time is really valuable. Um, we actually just updated uh, the TTS mod, I think this weekend, um, adding support for uh, 2v2 multiplayer. So not only you'll see all four players' hand sizes in the HUD, as well as all four players can do the action cues cool. um, that I think really helps communicate the AP values during the streams as well. Ah, that's great, yeah. There, there's been a lot of movement uh, on the fr on the 2v2 front, actually. So mm -hmm. so I th I'm, I'm pretty sure the players will be excited to, to have this implemented as well. And you so. also enabled like uh, more obser observer slots, I think, for making the overlays easier to manipulate. Yeah, we added four new... Um, players or hand areas for streamers uh, or judges or whoever happens to <laughs> to want to be involved. So 2v2 can have a full complement of streamers if need be. Cool. And and you you already said that you you started developing those functions for yourself uh, in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. But um, what, what's the process of, of uh, developing the mod nowadays like do you do do you speak with uh, the Neri brothers uh, and get input from them or is it just free roaming and coming up yeah, with I mean, things i'm on the discord all the time uh you know like you said <laughs> you see me hanging out in rules i am self-proclaimed the de facto judge of that stuff <laughs> right wrong or otherwise um but there's also a suggestions channel on the discord which is yeah the number one place that the community can uh, put ideas, whether that be game-related or community ideas for the website or the mod itself or anything like that. Um, they do get read, and we generally have conversations about those. Um, but the biggest influence, I think, right now is there's a streamer channel for all of the individuals of the community that are involved in, whether it be um, setting up the streams or coordinating them. Um, we have a separate channel where we discuss, and a lot of the um, overlay ideas have come from that channel um, yeah. and trying to serve that because they're the ones that use it. Like I don't use the streamer overlay in my personal games. And so what I think works isn't all that relevant, uh, but it's absolutely relevant what the people who are doing the streaming um, take, you know? Mm -hmm. That's, that's a, that's a good point. I actually wanted to give a shout out to the, to the streamer group because they're putting, uh, putting on so much effort on oh, yeah. giving us daily, oftentimes even two games per week that we can watch or rewatch as, as an archive. So they're doing uh, great work, I think. Yeah, they've been, they've been great. 
it's just fantastic that we have such a great community and that this is such a community driven game and that both Ricardo and Giacomo have have allowed there to to be this I guess just everyone is is playing it they're giving input and it's being acted upon and to have such a strong support for something that's new and just creating this level of I mean, hopefully as it scales, it still becomes relevant because when you have too many cooks in the kitchen, I think that can also <laughs> cause problems. But sure. as of right now, yeah, it's, it seems to be such a fantastic way to, to get to be a part of the growth of a game. So what, what I'd also be interested in is, like, is it difficult to, to mod on Tabletop Simulator from, from your eyes? So interesting. I've, I'm a, I've been programming for the vast majority of my life, various languages along the way. I have never programmed in Lua before. And so mm-hmm. the very first Lua program I did was this TTS mod. So I was so committed to getting this done that I learned a whole new language <laughs> just to do this. <laughs> nice. um, but yeah, I, again, I, I know so many languages that once you know that many, their concepts become pretty clear and you can kind of pick it up i'm sure my lua code is awful (laughs) to someone who's a professional lua programmer um but it is functional i will give a shout out to the tabletop simulator discord um there's a scripting channel there that was a really big help early on in this process uh, just kind of understanding how everything worked um and they helped me do uh, and overcome a lot of challenges that i encountered early on so and then there's also members of the community that also help me. Um, Clinton's a big uh, playtester of mine. Uh, every time I get a new mod, him and I will jump in and try to break it. Um, cool. So. Yeah, so no, awesome. the transition I, I wanted to make here is like if it's difficult and if, if it's easy, is there something that you would need help of and, and uh, you would like your com- the community to get in touch with you, like uh, having helping playtesting or even developing? Uh, or yeah, do you I mean, think you're you're good on your own so far? I, so far, I think the biggest thing is testing it. Um, and there's always there's there's never enough time, right? So we pushed out the update last weekend a little too early. There's already some bugs in it that I'm aware of that I have to correct. Uh, but mm-hmm. we really wanted to get Ashen Pass into people's hands before the World Series starts next week, um, yeah. because we thought it would be not fair to just drop that on them the day before, et cetera. <laughs> uh, so, so there's a few, nothing game breaking or anything like that, but some minor annoyances that are in there. Um, and I will be addressing those this week. Uh, so really it's mostly play testing. I have a small circle of people that will do it. Um, but as it's interesting, I'm curious about how the development path is going to go. Um, as we, and I've spoken to the Neary's about this is they don't necessarily want the TTS mod to become this fully automated experience. Um, They didn't make a video game, right? They made Mm -hmm. a tabletop game and they want to, they want it to mirror as much as we can, the actual tabletop experience and not fully um, obfuscate that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Although I have to say like the thing I'm dreaming about in my, my, my wet dreams are <laughs> uh, SkyTier related are uh, <laughs> about like something like uh, Chigoku.net or, or the Netrunner equivalent of, of a dedicated uh, implemented, rules implemented mm-hmm. web implementation of the game. I, I would so love love this if this would happen someday. So this goes a little bit against... Uh, what you just said with uh, just giving a play field and uh, not implementing any rules. So, 
but let's see what what the future holds. <laughs> yeah, who knows, right? So we're just talking about Ashen Pass. Uh, what are your thoughts on it so far? Because I know you've probably uh, gotten to play it a bunch since you were programming it in. Uh, how how are you liking it? What's what are the the hot takes? Yeah, I think Ashen Pass is is a is a really fun map. Uh, I do think it's going to change up a lot of people's thoughts about how the game works. Uh, I think some cards are very good in Ashen Pass that are maybe not so great in Tulane, but also vice versa. Mm -hmm. I I think you have to really approach the game very differently. Even something as simple as your opening moves for heroes that you just know and love are very different in Ashen Pass because there are no guarantees, even, even down to minion placement. So Eckert's opening moves are not prescripted, as an example. Yeah, mm. definitely. Yeah, I was talking with um, my opponent last week was Snakebite. And uh, Keith and I, after we played our game, we had a, a long discussion about what's Ashen Pass going to be like. And there was we had this this deep discussion for quite some time about, are we going to see a situation occur where whatever's good is just going to get played? Because there's not the randomization of victory cards there. So mm-hmm. once a mm-hmm. good deck exists... Are people just going to keep playing that deck and leaning towards that? That's one thing that we had uh, quite a debate about. Yeah, my concern is um, is how aggressive that map can be. It is a very different <laughs> mm. play experience than the two-lane map. Yeah. Right. And it's getting a lot of attention because they just recently announced a World Series uh, of Skytear. And... Uh, six monthly qualifiers and the two regionals as far as i know are played on ashen pass so people get prepared for for single lane welcome to the new meta yeah (laughs) what 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 do you expect the meta to be like uh since you've been playtesting ashen pass Uh, my broad stroke take is that as if aggro wasn't already on the uptick, given the <laughs> frenzy changes that we're all testing out. Um, I think aggro is extremely good on Ashen Pass. Uh, for even one simple fact, um, let alone the fact that things are closer and there's less control points, etc. But the fact is that killing a hero is permanent. Mm. If mm. you don't like a set of abilities that a hero is providing to the opponent, you kill them. And those abilities are off the table period yeah it's very interesting it's going to be interesting to see how that affects um like taulot and liothin especially because if you reduce the amount of shapeshift and pillars that can kind of come into play that's going to be uh i think quite interesting to see yeah i'd be curious if they're the because i've done some analysis on some of the heroes that are good lone wolves you know like Tlakali tends to be a pretty good lone wolf green hero right doesn't need a whole lot of heroes to take care of herself if those will see an even bigger play there because team synergy is not something that you can count on for maybe mm-hmm. even a whole mm-hmm. turn right yeah because my my response would have been like like Lyothan. actually when when i play on the dual lane map i i'm pretty happy if we stick to the dome and i have my four blue heroes close to each other so they synergize off but yeah maybe maybe that's a false uh, idea that i have in my mind here and we have only three heroes on the map, so yeah. Correct. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, th- I think we see a lot of Akimo uh, showing up on, on list for so many reasons. I have seen him multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a, that's a good transition. Um, Giacomo has been 
very kind to us and sent us a, a red spoiled card, a spoiler mm. card, which we can reveal right now to our listeners. Joe, I think you, you know it already. Uh, and Blake, would you give us the honor and For present sure. yes. this new nasty card? So it is a Karumo card and it provides zero boost and only costs one mana. It is an action card and it's called Mindfulness with great art of Kichi meditating with fireballs circling around him. Yeah, he looks giddy as can be. (laughs) And um, Mindfulness reads, additional cost, spend three AP, ready another friendly hero within three hexes and activate them after this caster's activation. Wow. Minds blown across the community. Yeah, this is a cool one. (laughs) I was so happy when Giacomo uh, sent this over. I was like, this is a really neat one. Yeah. So, so, so let's let's read it again or digest it a little bit for our listeners. Yes. So the action card, Mindfulness. Rem, take them through it. It costs one mana, so it's playable from turn one. It has an additional cost of playing it as an action in, in your turn. You have to spend three action points. So you're foregoing all your three actions that you have with the current hero. But you can ready another friendly hero within three hexes and activate them immediately after the caster's activation. So you're foregoing one active uh, the activation of the current hero, but giving a close by hero another turn, which is crazy. Opens up yeah. so many avenues from turn one. This is a card you have to respect, the sheer fact that it exists. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, in, in, right now in Skytear, oh, Akimu's already gone this turn. I can, I can eliminate an entire set of possibilities from what I'm expecting my opponent to do. This card changes that dynamic, the, the sheer fact that it exists. Because yeah. he, could, he mm-hmm. could go again. Yeah. And all, all the factors of, like, uh, they can't place any more pillars because they, there's no green hero left. And suddenly mm-hmm. he goes again, puts another pillar down. So there's a lot of synergies with the individual um, worship actions, I think, mm-hmm. for some factions more than for others. And the big thing is the hero that activates, that plays mindfulness in later turns has uh, mana left for himself. So I can... Correct play cards and then play mindfulness afterwards and get another activation with another hero. So it's like a little one-two combo maybe. Yeah, the fact that it's a one-mana card sort of on the surface, you're like, oh, sweet, a turn one card. It's actually Mm -hmm. a pretty terrible turn one card because the hero you're going to reactivate probably moved away from you anyways. Um, It's better at its cost, like you said, in later turns where I can still get a turn out of that mage for an example that can start shooting some shatter mines around the table and then give his ap to that assassin to finish somebody off um the combos mm. that, you, that people are going to be able to come up they're going to be being really cool but what yeah, you can't wild. do is like play power cards with the double activated hero because he is probably already spent his mana on his first activation sure and the mana cards they don't get removed from him that's just at the end of the turn but he gets his three yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's that's what it's for. I heard. <laughs> and I, re- I gotta say, I really love this design choice of of additional cost spend three AP. Um, mm-hmm. We've already seen this in the in the what's it called the town portal card where you teleport a hero home and heal it for X amount of HP. 
I think nobody plays it, but that the, <laughs> it's actually decent the game... on Ashen Path. <laughs> I was gonna say, oh yeah, yeah maybe some play in yeah. Ashen Path. It could yeah, be a out of the fray, heal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we already know this this game mechanic of additional cost, but I, I really like it, and, and I think it's an indicator of of what things might come in the future. Yeah, this is the templating moving forward about how to phrase additional costs on cards. Um, mm-hmm. So, like you can say, the te- the recall was a little kind of sketchy about how and when you spend those APs. Where the interesting note, when you play Mindfulness, you spend those AP by playing that. If somebody dismisses this card, those APs are still spent. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! So it's not so without you play its the costs before before yes. it's resol- before you resolving pay the mana it. cost yeah. and any additional costs when you declare or play the power card. Yeah, cool. So could you redirect this technically? It is not a targeted effect. Oh, okay. So what you could do, which is interesting, I haven't thought about this. Oh, yes, actually, I have thought about this. You can refract <laughs> this card mm-hmm. yeah. and not spend the AP. It gets very Ooh, strange, nice. though. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, refract will, will like melt our brains in the future. I refract think, so. is going to, yes. The rules channel will just be renamed the refract channel at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cool. Okay, so so much for for mindfulness. I'm really looking forward to what people yeah. come up yes, with. Yes, awesome. we'll be sure to in, include this card picture within the episode. That so you're going to see this card most likely before you see the actual uh, episode or hearing it. So uh, take it in before you you listen and uh, observe it while you're listening right now, so you can have your own thoughts in this discussion. Nice. We didn't really do a cap on any gameplay this week. Rem, I'm guessing you're still in dad mode and didn't get a chance to play. Dad mode, dad bod, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> and for me this week, I got to play my summer league. Actually, I played a lot of Sky Terror this past week. I'm, I'm pretty impressed with myself. Um, after we recorded our episode last week, I actually played a game with Giacomo right afterwards, and we finished our game within an hour, which was a lot of fun playing with him. Um, I found... I don't know why playing with him, I was really on point with being uh, like speedy with my moves more so, which was nice. <laughs> and I've been developing my Assassin's Creed deck further and further. And unfortunately, the Assassin's aspect is getting more lost as I progress. <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, it, it was for a good reason. I, I subbed in, uh, I took out Shalavi, which came back in to keep my Assassins going. And I brought in Sokoshi instead, which was Giacomo's suggestion. And I got to say, uh, in my last game, Sokoshi put in work. It was fantastic having that uh, ranged attacker with the, the double flip still had the assassin's feel, but it was um, just providing a lot more flexibility in the game and having some more another hero with the green mana as well also helped. And as a result, um, Giacomo gave me the suggestion that I don't have any uh, responses to things that are happening. So mm-hmm. doing that, I added a few things in. One of them was uh, the amulet of immobility. And this is what leads me to my my play of the week i'm gonna call it so when i was playing against snakebite we had such a fantastic game it was uh it was we got to a point where we both realized that it didn't matter who won we would both count this as like maybe the best game of sky terror we've ever played and you know that's a good game when a one-sided game is never fun but when it's constant back and forth that's like a classic great game of sky terror for sure so what happened was i was using my satheru to kind of try and take out his ixatosk and I didn't quite get there. But I saw him do this move earlier and I decided to copy it. And so I had Sakoshi cast Amulet of Immobility to cycle it into another card. 
And when I did this, I cycled into Sethero's last judgment on his turn. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and it was just like RNG was was smiling down on me. And so I just took out Ixitos. We were on turn four, so he already used it. So it wasn't coming back. And it was totally like the turning point in the game. And it was just so much fun. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that game. We had we had such a good chat afterwards, too. He's a, a Keith, aka Snakebite's a great guy. Oh, that sounds great. The only thing I might have to add to this is like, uh, he's actually not called Ixatosk, but Ishatosk. Ishatosk. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, I didn't, I didn't quite get a chance to listen to the, the new pronunciation guide. Yeah, I just wanted to sound smart here, more, or maybe smart assy. So uh, all your wonderful people uh, go to Discord under announcements there. It's, it's a few, maybe a week or two weeks uh, old. There's an announcement where... Uh, we have audio recordings of how to pronounce the the heroes names and then i realized i i should just stop trying my fake english uh, accent <laughs> uh when i read them in german uh, like uh, letter for letter i'm i'm 90% success rate so yeah <laughs> no need to be like gulp charn or something but more like gulbjarn okay passed <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> and uh, Joe, I think this brings us to tell us about your weekly things with our weekly sinkhole. sinkhole. So I got to play several games on Ashen Pass, um, partly while testing the mod out. They did not go well for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, both games were a generally a one-sided affair. Um, but this brings me to kind of what I'm learning about that map. Um, in this case, I was playing uh, mainly a control deck. Um, actually two different decks that were sort of focused on control. Um, by no means were they aggressive decks, lots of negative ones and that kind of stuff. And I'd have really good success on the two lane map with those decks in Ashen pass. They don't do anything because the moment you start the game, there are assassins in your face and your heroes are dying. <laughs> <laughs> and this happened both games. Turn one, I lost a hero. Um, which is a huge disadvantage in that map. Mm -hmm. uh, it just feels like there's no coming back from it. So my my grand statement that I'm going to make, which has no scientific backing whatsoever, um, is I'm not sure a control-focused deck can beat an aggro-focused deck on Ashen Pass. We'll Ooh, see. spicy. That is my decree. All right, everyone. Do you hear that? That's a challenge. Let's see. Who, who's going to break this challenge? Yeah, and I love the no, non-scientific uh, things because nobody can prove us wrong, whatever. Right. I mean, <laughs> random number generators aside, I just think in general, the, the benefits yeah. of aggro far outweigh the benefits of control on that map. Um, one of the things I had stated in Discord earlier today was that control often benefits from splitting the opponent, right? Pick which lane you're going to defend because you can't defend all of them, and you push on the weak side. There's no weak side in Ashen Pass. Everyone's in the same lane. It's just a big mush. Yeah. How much did the um, the dome come into play with having two outsiders and whatnot? So um, in both lists, and I played against two different individuals, both of which brought the Dark Vigilante um, as mm -hmm. their outsider and basically killed my heroes with him. Because if you're running an aggressive deck, you're getting lots of two flips. Uh, the Dark Vigilante can do roughly 10 damage in the... Um, in the Outsiders uh, phase, in right. the phase yeah. because he can gain piercing, and so even your tanks are mincemeat to him. <laughs> so <laughs> right. uh, you have to really be mindful of that, and I think that's where the control part of me 
failed a little bit there. Uh, I'd like to try those matchups again and see if I can make some different decisions, but I, I, I was running through the numbers and I just don't know if I can survive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that I'm also not a very really good Skytear cool. player. So. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing the rules does not make you good at a game. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. So I guess that uh, wraps up this week's episode. Um, thank you so much, Joe, for coming on. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you, obviously, we know the best place is through the Discord. Uh, there's no other place to reach out, it seems. It's just the spot you go. But if people <laughs> want to reach out to you, um, what is the best way to do so? Like I said, uh, DMing me on Discord is probably the best way to get a hold of me. Um, I'm available almost almost all day because I don't sleep much. <laughs> all right. <laughs> And uh, Christian? Yeah, I'm usually Rem, or like always Rem on the Discord. But there are two things that I would like to add this late in the episode. The first thing is like when this episode airs, you have probably three days left to sign up for the July World Qualifier. So if you want to participate or even win the whole thing, if you want to have fun in World Series, go uh, and register. And... The second, the second thing, I forgot. So yeah, just ram <laughs> on the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me as Boulevard Paper Fight on the Discord. Uh, if you have any questions or if you want to come on the show yourself, uh, please do reach out to myself or Christian. Uh, we would love to hear about your thoughts of what you like to come on discuss. Definitely. So yeah, um, yeah. thanks. And uh, I just Joe remembered what on. I wanted to say. Sorry to get. Oh, fantastic! Also, because we are we are obviously we are very 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 professional as you just saw but um maybe joe you can give us a little tease of what we might discuss in the next episode yeah so there are other projects as if i needed more things to do in the sky tear community (laughs) but uh me and one of my fellow cohorts tim bunn uh have been working behind the scenes to generate a sky tear comprehensive rules guide And guess what? We have Tim on next week, so uh, stay tuned for more on that. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Outsiders only. This is Sky Terror.